At Her Spirit, we're here for you. We want to help you discover your potential, achieve your goals, ignite your fitness, find your community. Head to herspirit.co.uk and sign up for our core membership. Get access to our virtual classes, monthly challenges, expert advice and track your progress in our health hub. You'll also find your very own cheerleading squad who will support you every step of the way. Use the code HERSPIRITPOD3 and get three months completely free. It's time for you. Her Spirit. Her Spirit Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Her Spirit Together We've Got This Podcast. These shows give us the opportunity to talk to phenomenal women from the world of sport and business about their desires, vulnerabilities and spirited ways. The purpose of this series is to challenge the diet and fitness industry and why we need to change the conversation from the inside out. Her Spirit. I'm Mel Berry and I'm the co-founder of Her Spirit and today I caught up with Jane Mayled, the Managing Director of True Story, who are a creative agency for retailers, consumer businesses and brands. Jane is also the founder of White Hot and her team at True Story worked with us to create the Her Spirit brand identity. She talks openly about her life over the last couple of decades and I loved her comment about freeing ourselves from the tyranny of thinking there is only one way to be. Her Spirit Podcast. So this morning I'm in um, the lovely Manor House at True Story with the wonderful Jane Mayley. Jane, thank you very much for your time. <laughs> thank you for coming. It's oh. nice to be described as wonderful on a Friday morning. I know, and it's beautiful and sunny. Yeah. The first part of your business journey was working for brands such as Yves Saint Laurent um, and then moved into yeah. kind of boots. Tell me more about the last 20, 30, and you said slightly longer period longer of business than world. That, because I'm 62 now, so I started my working life uh, you know, a long time ago, sort of 40 years ago. And I lived and worked in London for 10 years for cosmetics brands. And uh, I was actually saying to somebody yesterday that I worked in PR and marketing. And when we booked advertising at Vogue, we, I used to type a letter out on a, a typewriter, booking a page. So this was really, probably sounds absolutely prehistoric now, but things have, obviously, things have really changed. Had 10 years in London, that was fantastic. It was the 80s, it was the glamorous beauty industry. It was really good fun, I was young, it was great. Uh, then I came up to Boots and ended up having a fantastic virtually 20-year career with Boots, doing lots of different things, which um, when I came, I don't think I ever intended to stay that long, but had some brilliant opportunities and spent 20 years there. And then uh, just after I turned 50, I left Boots. I came to run the agency, which um, I'm now leading. And again, I thought, I felt actually when I came in then, like somebody had come out of a long relationship and I thought I might have a fling, but actually it didn't turn out like that. I got very, um, became very passionate about what we're doing here. And yeah, I've been here 11 years, took the company over in 2009. And then in 2013, I launched my hair care brand. So that's the whistle stop tour from and the sitting at a typewriter to today. And the highs and lows of that, there must have been huge amounts. I know we sat down probably six, eight months ago and, and you brought me back into a world of it's okay. Just, yeah, talk me through some of those times, the highs and then the times of vulnerability and lows in that business journey. I think um, in the first stages of my career, I would never have labelled it a career. I was doing a job, doing work, balancing my life, having fun not really feeling a huge sense of responsibility. I didn't have any responsibility for any other human beings. Um, 
certainly once I started my corporate career, much of it was there were lots of great highs. I think um, one of the difficult things is it's very, very easy for those things to kind of eat your life. And um, I, when I was 42, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And one day I was at work and the next day I was in hospital and I took a few weeks off and I didn't want anybody to know because I felt that um, if people knew that I'd had cancer they would kind of cross me off the organisational chart and it's crazy when I look back actually that that was a very 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 tough time in my working life but I didn't really want anybody to know and I took three weeks off I had an operation I used to have radiotherapy at the end of the working day and there were a few people that knew about it um, I don't think that's very healthy, but I was in an environment, not because people, not because necessarily that was even the way it was perceived, but um, I look back on that now, 20, it's 20 years actually since I've been uh, cancer free, and um, I think, yeah, that probably wasn't the best thing to do. Uh, do you think people's attitude towards cancer is very different now because there's a greater success rate, it's more openness in terms of acceptability? I think there's probably, a, well, I mean one of the things I learned and I've had unfortunately with various family members and so on experienced of it, I think that uh, certainly my consultant at the time said it's going to become a managed condition you know for many 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 cancers in our lifetime and I do think there's probably more acceptance of it. I think also once you've gone through the experience what you've what my experience was oh my god this is the life-shattering thing but actually when you're having your treatment it's fairly routine but uh, I, I hope that there, that there is generally much more acceptance that it is you know is a serious and life-threatening condition but you can be supported through it and you can you know you can move forward I was lucky I found mine very early and so relatively Certainly physically, I made a really quick recovery. I think it probably took me about two years to get my head around it. Um, mm. But yeah, so that was, a, that was a tough period, but it wasn't a long, tough period. Uh, I, had a, I had a three-year-old child as well at the time. I was working full-time. So yeah, I suppose it was a bit full-on, but uh, I bounced back. I'm resilient. Very resilient. And, yeah. and women that are listening to this that have been affected either personally or through their own friends and family, mm. is there suggestions in terms of not necessarily how you cope, because everyone has their own coping mechanism, is there any thoughts that you would say to it, enable someone to, I guess, get over it and embrace it? Funnily enough, I think that one of the things that really helped me was a lot of the business training I'd had which enabled me to think about um, how to manage my mind. Uh, I personally believe that your whole mission in life is to hang on to your marbles <laughs> in every, <laughs> every context of life because actually that's the hardest thing. Yeah. You can cope with anything and you've just somehow got to keep yourself vaguely sane and healthy. Uh, so I did a lot of sort of self-management, if you like, talk to myself out loud, give myself little pep talks. I did that constantly through that journey, and I still do that to this day. I'm a great talker to myself out loud, <laughs> constantly, in the car, uh, all of the rest of that. So that sounds really trite, and I'm not... Um, 
in any way, you know, underestimating the seriousness of things that people go through. And I hadn't actually even intended to mention it. No, but it's just when you said difficult bits. It was a it was a difficult it was a difficult Mm. uh, a little difficult bit. And that's you know great that you're as honest as you are, and you know Mm. you're brilliant for that. Taking that step back to the brands that you work with in the embryonic stage of your life, if you were to put yourself back to that typewriter and a way of thinking, how is that significantly different to the way that you bring out creativity through true story and white hot hair? Well, I think um, for those people who are digital natives and have never known anything different, it seems incredible to look back on a time when the world wasn't connected in the way that it is now. So creativity was much more raw than it is today. And actually here in our agency, we talk about the fact that it is so easy now to research things and get ideas without even leaving your Mac that we really encourage everybody to get outside, to go and look at things, experience things, and see things. Because in a way, there's many more tools to make creativity easier now, but real creativity that comes out of your imagination, that's what makes a difference. So I think there was more of that in some ways before we had all the tools we have. So in many senses, we're so much richer, but in other ways, perhaps we're not spending enough time in the richness of our own imagination, which sounds completely plonky, but you know what I mean? No, completely. And we lose sight of people. And one of the things I know that resonates with both of us is the importance of people. And you obviously drive people to to go out and Mm -hmm. engage with the outside world rather than, you know, tapping behind a form of, of communication. Mm. I guess that is one of the things that you're saying is significantly different, is the tools are there, but you still yeah. need to stop and think. I think you do. Um, I've read a great book recently, which is called something like 10 Reasons to Stop Social Media Right Now, which, um, anyway, but there was a bit in, a chapter in it that really resonated with me. I was telling somebody about it yesterday, and it was about empathy. Mm. And it was saying that... Um, Empathy comes from sharing experiences with other people where you're with people and you're having the same experience, you're seeing the same things and you understand each other's lives. And actually now so much of what we experience is filtered through our own personalised lens on social media that nobody sees the same thing in the same way. So your feed on social media isn't the same as mine and therefore there is a real danger that we're losing empathy for each other. So... um, yeah, I think it, that's important. Human connection is really, real authentic human connection is really important, not what I've heard called faux authenticity, mm. which is the created sense of authenticity in the virtual world. And we're going to go on um, and talk around the essence of her spirit in Together We've Got This, but let's take that, you know, a year ago when, you know, I was like, Jane, I need your help <laughs> to create the business that still remains true, her spirit. Why did you answer that call and why have you been so generous over the last year towards me and the business that we're creating? Um, One thing I really like is people with passion and purpose to do something, particularly where it's something that's not for their own personal gain. And you've got this passion and purpose in spades. And lots of people have passion for something, but actually then a sense of purpose to go and do something about it. And... I see that in you and I find that very inspiring. You are an absolute natural radiator of, of positivity and, um, and purpose and I was inspired by that. So, um, and also what you stand for and what you're trying to do in terms of helping women support each other to lead happier, healthier lives is just absolutely brilliant and um, I want to help that. 
and you believe in it and that's what I love because obviously <clears throat> we had a conversation at the beginning about what you were going to call it and we had a little bit of argy-bargy about that <laughs> didn't we <clears throat> excuse me um, and I was reflecting on the fact that you held very firm to wanting to call it her spirit after the uh, Mayor Angelou quote which you probably know off the top of your head which I don't uh, and uh, that's because there is uh, real truth in what you're trying to do and you can't fake that and so it's a privilege to kind of try and help you in a small way get that message across. No thank you Jane and one of the things that we're going to do over you know the next eight weeks and culminating on the 12th of September with an event here is, is challenge the diet and fitness industry. Why do you think that is so critically important in the era that we live in? Um, I have a 23 year old daughter and we have many many conversations about the way the world sees you, how you feel about the way you look, about health, about body image, confidence and all the rest of that. And I think that our young people are under, men and boys and girls, men and women, are under a huge amount of duress. And uh, I think that there is plenty of evidence that says the diet industry in the way that it's constructed doesn't really work, but does fuel an ongoing pipeline of business, you know, that, um, perhaps isn't in the long term in the best interests of people who need to get healthier and, and fitter. Um, I've been on many diets in my life and um, I'm still not the shape that I would like to be. I know diets don't work. Um, I think the fitness industry in general, um, I think there's a real need for everything to feel a lot more uh, supportive and accessible for people who actually just want to lead fit and healthy and well lives and not necessarily conform to a particular stereotype yeah and that's brilliant that you say that and let's pick up on her spirits you know core which is together you know we've got the yeah. what does togetherness mean for you across everything whether or not that's work at home and the the life that that jane mayled lives <laughs> generally i think that togetherness is about being seen and understood I think there's very easy ways to create togetherness you can do a lot of things with lots of people but for me, um, it is being seen and understood as a human being. That actually is what I think most people crave. I don't think it is about necessarily being in a crowd, um, but doing things with people who get you, uh, who get where you are in your journey in life or get you as a human. I think that's what real togetherness is because actually you, like we all know you can be with a group of people and feel as lonely as anything, can't you? So being seen and understood, I think that's what togetherness means to me. And do you think that the, the social media world that we live in, whether or not it's filters on Instagram or people's portrayal through other social channels that everything's great, is not brilliant because people perceive that everybody else is having a much better life than they are? I think there are two aspects to it. I think that one of the fantastic things about the internet is it can create brilliant communities of like-minded people um, who can actually really engage around a subject or a topic or a you know something that's meaningful in a way that perhaps you couldn't if that wasn't there and I take the example you know I was widowed uh, four years ago and I found a fantastic grief community which I really learned and, and grew through with great people that I could laugh with and who we understood each other that was one of the brilliant things that the internet has made possible 
on the other sense, on the other side of the coin is the whole comparing your insides with everybody else's outsides and the really unhealthy constant stream of perfect lives, perfect bodies, perfect relationships, which I don't think is healthy. So I think there are many brilliant things about it, but the lack of reality and <clears throat> real connection, that's much less healthy. And taking that step out of the, the social environment, you've obviously created two businesses and you talk a lot, or listen to one of your podcasts about having a vivid imagination um, and going back to your kind of your marbles. But the one thing that I really kind of loved is the best way to do it is to do it. How, how important is that to you to just get on and, and ultimately, I guess, learn from your mistakes, learn from that vulnerability? Yeah, I, re- I read that as a meme somewhere and it sounds so simple that it can't really mean anything, but it really does. And what I believe is that inaction, inaction as opposed to inaction, inaction is magic. Mm. And however you're feeling, and I guess in your world, sometimes just getting up and moving is really going to change your mental state. But actually, how often do we think about things that we want to do, that we want to try, that we want to develop, whether it's personally or in business or anything else, you know, you have great ideas, but actually getting on with it and doing something about it, whether it's getting up off the couch and going for a walk or whether it's actually thinking, you know what, I am going to try and start a business. Um, it's, it's starting. It's just starting. Um, so the best way to do it is to do it. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, it's brilliant. And so what drives you? I mean, that's almost the byproduct of just doing it. You've got huge amounts of, of energy and you've got a great amount of people. What's the thing that is the fire in your belly that gets you out every day to continue to do the, the phenomenal work that you do? It's very hard to, th- you know, it's a difficult question to answer because I think that I'm just wired this way. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very... Um, I'm not as physically, I'm, no, I'm physically energetic, but I'm not as physically active as I could be. But I am very mentally energetic. I am full of zest for for life and ideas and that kind of thing. But also, I think for me, it's about learning. I never, ever want to stop learning about things. And, you know, I'm 62 and I learn something, at least one thing, every single day. Uh, and I think that probably fuels it. Uh, and I think it is a mix of imagination and determination. I'm a very determined person. And your 23-year-old daughter, you must want her to see you as an individual and, and look at you as an example that ultimately she believes that she can do anything that she wants to. That is really, really important to me. Um, I also want her to see that there are lots of different ways you can live your life there are different ways you can look, there are different ways you can be. I really don't want her to feel brainwashed by stereotypes. I want her to explore life. And um, she's obviously got a slightly older mother. I was nearly 40 when she was born. Um, And I'm very anti-anti-aging. I don't like people talking themselves into being old and all of the rest of it. I want to be a role model for a fruitful, zestful life that changes and grows but I want her to see infinite possibilities and I want her to uh, and she is she's fantastic imaginative open-minded wonderful human uh, I just want her to be to be as open-minded as possible about the possibilities that life throws up and I also believe that we all have many 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 more choices than we think we have 
And choices is so important, isn't it? And you and I share the same views on that, is you have a choice to be happy, you have a choice to be unhappy. Yeah. It's the road that you travel. Let's pick up on the, I guess, the, the diet side and the, the harrowing statistics. You know, 50% of the UK's population is constantly on a diet. One in 10 women in the UK, you know, want to lose 5% of their kind of body weight. It's no longer acceptable, and it's kind of go back to that industry the quick fix peddler and and the vilifying of weight is how do you think we can push you know the boundaries of stereotypes to say you don't have to be a certain look weight how do we change that i think it's challenging because i think that there has been there has been a huge explosion in the creation of of imagery advertising everything else with people of different sizes shapes colors haircut everything but I do think there's still a huge amount of tokenism in it and I think that there is so much more that we need to do it's changing I think we can all see it changing it's changing fast but it's got to go I think way beyond tokenistic expressions of oh here's the larger person you know here's the older person here's the smaller person you know it's got to be more than that um yeah I think I think we, we, we need to be free of the tyranny of there's only one way to be, but I think that real there's a long journey still to be had to absolutely authentically accept that we are all different. And let's pick up on the you as the owner of True Story in terms of the retail and brand side, and we've seen brands such as Nike, you know, on their high street, looking at, you know, supersized models as mannequins. Do you think that that's them pushing the boundary or is that then almost them trying to accept the retail world that gives them a point of difference um, and conversation piece? I guess I'm more interested overall in what really big brands are doing beyond the cosmetic. So if they're doing that and they are doing other things to encourage people at the grassroots level to get moving, not just showing people but doing something I'm interested in what people do as well as what they say so I think yes it probably does uh, help a little bit provided it's not tokenistic and I don't know enough about what they're doing to to know to be able to comment on that again and every week we see a new celebrity bringing out a diet and fitness book or some kind of way and I love you know one of the quotes that was kind of recently put out there by you know somebody who's challenging that and says don't take advice from celebrities how can we raise awareness of her spirit in terms of you know together we've got this to say you don't need the next and I'll mention her the next Davina McCall actually we have the true substance and together we've got this to give you that ability to change how do we get people to trust us and say I want to be down the her spirit journey At Her Spirit, we know how powerful women can be. We love your strength, your determination, your compassion. We love the energy that sparks when we connect and spur each other on. Her Spirit was created to ignite that flame of determination, to unleash your energy, to build your self-belief and to help every woman find a way to your healthiest mind, body and soul yet. We want to inspire one million women just like you to be active, healthy and happy because you deserve it. Head to herspirit.co.uk, join our core membership and use the code herspiritpod3 to get three months completely free.
Join our monthly challenges, get access to the Her Spirit Health Hub and track your activity levels, mood, food, sleep and stress every single week with your own personalised dashboard. Get expert advice and join daily live classes that can be played back at any time. Plus, find the support that you need to get started and stay motivated. Just sign up at herspirit.co.uk and use the code HERSPIRITPOD3 to get three months completely free. It's time for you. I think what I said 10 minutes ago about your authenticity is at the key, is the key to what you are doing. I will compare it to the situation we found ourselves in with our hair care range. You know, there are about four companies in the world that dominate all of that space. So what do we have that they don't have? Well, actually, we certainly don't have reach. We don't have gigantic budgets. It's the same for her spirit. But what you do have is that you're real people that believe in something. So I think there is, I was reading something yesterday about the influencer culture and about somebody who'd done, uh, it was an ice cream uh, brand in America. I don't know if you saw it yesterday. And he was saying, I, I, I am not going to give an influencer free ice cream. We are never going to do it. And if you come here and you're an influencer, I'm going to charge you twice and all of the rest of it. Because sadly, there is even what looks like authentic advice is not is not probably mm. when it comes from people who are doing it for purely commercial gain. And there's nothing wrong with commercial gain uh, versus people who are doing something authentic. So I, my belief is that you can grow something from an authentic base but it takes longer. And we've definitely played that, that long game and, and finish up talking about our three brand pillars. Start with, with fuel, because I know that's something that you're very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Listening to one of your other podcasts, is you say through that podcast that you're now starting to become at greater peace with your relationship with food. How's that changed over the last anything from 12 months to 20, 30 years? And I use your word, ditching the diet and exploring a different relationship through intuitive eating. Yeah, well, I um, had the opportunity to work with somebody who was an intuitive eating coach and and spending six weeks virtually uh, with her and reading and learning and understanding more about that, uh, which in essence is about really getting back in tune with what your body wants and needs and understanding when you're full and understanding what satisfies you and all of the rest of that. Um, has really just helped me um, just helped me feel much more relaxed about what I'm eating and really trying to recalibrate because I have had years of yo-yo dieting and it just it, it, there's plenty of scientific evidence that it, not only does it not work actually it really messes <laughs> messes up your metabolism and everything else so that's been that's been you know immensely helpful for me and I've been sharing a bit of that thinking with 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 people that I that I talk to because there's such a tyranny around around food and around diets and actually doing that work has also made me acutely aware of the culture we live in when our everyday conversations are often around oh hello have you lost weight or you know we comment on each other we comment on each other's appearance and we congratulate each other on on you know how, how small or large we are or and I really really don't like it and I've become really attuned to it and so I'm very actively trying to make sure I don't do it as well either to myself or to other people you know congratulating each other on our body size it's a very weird thing isn't it when you sort of step back from it so back to my constantly learning and thinking I'm you know it's something I'm learning about and um 
yeah, I feel as if I'm making some, some headway on that. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, and the body side, we always talk about just getting people moving, whether yeah. or not that's going for a walk or doing an activity yeah. that they love. What is Jane's way of you know, moving. I know we talked about, you know, the good, I think it's Misty Tripoli and your love of dancing around your front room and making a fool of yourself in front of your own television. Is that still something that you do or how do you? Funnily enough, I was looking at Misty Tripoli in Copenhagen this morning in bed on my phone and it was actually making me smile and laugh out loud because she was doing this mad body groove dance thing. When I was doing my intuitive eating thing, I was sort of introduced to the concept of reframing uh, exercise as movement. And actually, when I think about moving rather than exercising, I can get my head around that far more. It's definitely um, moving more and getting physically fitter is on on my to-do list has been on my to-do list for a very long time but I'm not beating myself up about it so sometimes it might just be as simple as getting out of bed sitting on the floor in my bedroom and doing some stretching and a little tiny bit of amateur yoga um uh, it might be walking the dog it might be doing some you know more of that kind of thing but um it's something that I, I want to do more because I want to uh I kind of want to um refined a little bit of my more active self that's got a bit lost along the way um, in recent years and I, I you know, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to do it but you know I've downloaded the Her Spirit app so who knows you might see me on a bike. Yeah no I look <laughs> one forward of these to days. that and I would, I would love to support you in the way that you supported me over over the last year on that side so let me know how if we're going to go on a bike ride or I'm a bit scared about that now <laughs> or, or doing some yoga on on the grass before you know work as the, as the yeah. sun rises and and finishing up on the mind you've, you've talked a lot about that being really critical for you how do you stay resilient through the times of adversity apart from you know chatting away to yourself is there other ways that you yeah. do or would recommend to like-minded women I think that tuning in and checking in with yourself is really important. So I know myself, I know that I need plenty of sleep, so I do always get plenty of sleep. Um, I need peace and space. I don't, if I'm, I'm, you know, all day, every day, I'm surrounded by people, but I need downtime, I need time to reflect. Um, Every morning, normally between half past five and six o'clock in the morning, I'm out in my garden in my dressing gown with the dog sniffing about in the trees um i need peace space reflection i need to process things um i like to spend time with people that i can have proper conversations with i like big talk not small talk and those are the things that help me stay feeling resilient but i think time for yourself time to process for me it's not about being always on out with other people and i don't feel the need to you know endlessly chew the fat with other people about things that are going on in my life i i need peace and a bit of meditation a bit of quiet thinking uh, a bit of tree hugging in the garden and that that helps me stay balanced no. and that gives you that inner space doesn't it and your ability yeah. to come to the outside world and, yeah. and be the person that that you are that i'm sure that you have huge amounts of people that are looking for a piece of you but you need to fuel the person that is yeah. within to be able to to give to others isn't it very much so i know when my when, when my tank is empty and i know how to refill it and i don't ignore those cues and finishing up we're here to check and challenge if you were to give you know one call to action to like-minded women or women within your networkers why should they support her spirit from now to you know our event on the 12th of september why would they why should they support us 
I think um, if you are interested in supporting a business with real authentic integrity and a passion and purpose to help women support each other in leading fitter and healthier lives, then I would strongly suggest that you have a look at what, what, what you and the team are doing and get behind it, either in terms of communicating uh, to other people, uh, to sharing with your network, to doing practical things to spread the word, because you know these small, authentic, non-corporate businesses need support. Thank you very much, Jane. It's been an utter pleasure, as always, over a, a nice cup of tea to uh, to chew the fat. And thank you very much, as always, for your support. Really do appreciate it. Her Spirit. Her Spirit podcast. If you've been inspired by today's podcast and you want to know more about Her Spirit, then simply go to herspirit.co.uk and come and join the community and achieve goals that you never thought possible.